You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit Outdoor Edge, new from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What is up, everybody? A happy Monday to you. Welcome back to the Michigan Wild Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Today on the podcast, I am joined by James Zanstra, and James is uh, one-third, I would say, uh, or one of the co-founders um, of <clears throat> the group known as uh, The Fair Chase. Um, and many of you uh, from Michigan are probably certainly familiar uh, with James um, and his uh, co-host Jared with the Fair Chase podcast, and really, James and I get to cover a lot of ground in this conversation. It was really uh, quite enjoyable, but we get to talk about you know really how uh, Fair Chase in general uh, or as a whole, I guess, uh, the origin story that is uh, Fair Chase and kind of the different iterations uh, from a naming standpoint that they've went through over the over the years, but. Really, just how James and Jared, uh, who started Fair Chase, uh, you know, what their relationship was like, um, you know, growing up together, having a lot of the same interests and things like that, and kind of getting out of high school and going their own separate ways and then coming back to Michigan and, and linking back up. And, you know, the rest kind of, as they say, is history. Um, you know, James uh, recently got back from a caribou hunt in Alaska. So he gets to, talk about that and, and some of the stories from there which is uh really pretty uh pretty awesome um I don't really there's really no other way to uh to describe it um and then we get to talk about obviously uh whitetail season here in Michigan um you know not only does James love to whitetail hunt um I mean he's he, anytime he's in the outdoors he's in the woods he's chasing animals he's he's at home um you know one of the things that that James loves so much about you know, hunting or just being outside is, is the adventure. And, and he touches on that and, you know, really it's not necessarily about, you know, the size of the animal or, or anything like that. It's, it's the story, it's the adventure. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really liked hearing about <clears throat> when James was describing that. So 
uh, all in all, just a, a great conversation. I've obviously, um, personally, I've been following uh, the guys at Fair Chase for uh, for quite some time. So it was nice to sit down with James and, and catch up and, uh, you know, get to know him a little bit better. So, all right, guys, episode five with James Zanstra. Enjoy it. All right, Mr. James Zanstra, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know you've had to kind of put up with uh, some of my constant reschedulings and everything here. So I appreciate you uh, sticking with me and, and being able to hop on today here. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's good to uh been following you guys, uh, the, the things that you've been doing for a while. And so it's good to talk to you. It's, it's exciting. I'm yeah. a Michigan guy. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, surprisingly, the the more I kind of I don't know if necessarily say immerse myself, but the more I kind of pay attention to like the outdoor space and, and things like that, there's a lot of people from Michigan doing some really cool stuff, man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of Michigan guys, um, from the very famous to the, you know, the, the guys, you know, that aren't as, as much, but uh, there's, there's just a lot of hunters here. So I think, uh, you know, naturally there's going to be a lot of guys talking about it too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, We'll certainly get into uh, the podcast that you co-host and everything, but how often is it that you get to sit kind of on the other side of the mic and, and be the one that's kind of being asked questions to instead of the one doing all the asking? Uh, you know, on occasion, uh, I don't mind it because it means I can just sit back and you got to do all the work. You know, you got to think of what to say and I, I could just be, you know, difficult or easy depending how I feel. So, no, it's I like doing podcasts. I like talking about hunting. Any chance I, I can, I can get to do it. Uh, me or Jared, uh, who's on the podcast, uh, our podcast with me, uh, we, we like to just talk about it. So any, any chance we get, we're, we're excited to do so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I always, I feel like I've seen, I don't know, maybe some memes or something about it, but I'm always, always looking for a way to kind of bring hunting up when I'm talking to people or just the outdoors in general, right? Like just how to, how to find like some common ground with new people that you meet or anything like that. So yeah, getting a chance to, to sit down and do this once or twice a week on a podcast. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm all about it. Well, my wife will say, I mean, any a conversation could be starting, uh, we can start talking about one thing and it's going to end up me talking about hunting and I like, I know it and I see it coming out of my mouth, but I can't, it just that's how it goes. I don't I don't know why. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm thrilled to do it. Yeah. So let's kind of start at the beginning then, James. Uh, tell well, actually, first let me let me back up a second here. Tell the people, the listeners here, a bit about yourself who maybe uh, aren't familiar with you or the Fair Chase or anything like that. So kind of yeah, start at the beginning there. Yeah. So we are Jared uh, and I uh, host the Fair Chase podcast, and, and we've got another guy, Tom, who kind of does the production back end stuff. He edits and does the, you know, the non glorious work. Um, and so we we're we're based in West Michigan, um, and so our thing is just like like we said, we we love to talk about hunting. We like to go hunting. We like to find different um, places to hunt and things to hunt, different adventures to have, and. And so that, that's kind of what we do. Obviously, being in Michigan, primarily deer and deer and turkey, uh, but lots of bear hunting and small game. And you know, did a caribou hunt this year, looking at doing moose and, and you know, trying everything out uh, and and having a, as much adventure as, as we can have. So, so and now I feel I, I'm sure I probably know the answer to this, but born and raised here in Michigan. Yeah, actually, um, Jared and I both were. I, I was born. Um, and Michigan. Uh, my dad's a pastor. Uh, so we, we moved a bit as a kid. I, you know, I spent some time in Illinois and in New Jersey growing up. 
Um, but then moved back to Michigan, grew up here uh, in the west side, just outside of Grand Rapids. Um, went to school here, college here, uh, ended up moving to back to New Jersey for law school um, and lived there for a handful of years. And uh, especially, I, I always hunted, you know, grew up hunting. As a kid, I was like obsessed. Um, in college, obviously, you get busy. You know, I, I did. I wasn't a great student. I, I had to spend a lot of time doing homework just because it took me a long time to get the grades I needed to get to, to law school. So, sure. you know, uh, I would hunt when I could. Uh, but spending time in New Jersey in kind of uh, a very different environment where there was, uh, you know, we were right outside of Newark. Uh, I went to school in Newark. Um, and if anybody's been there, they know it's it's not, there's nothing wild in the <laughs> way that you're thinking of wild there. Um, and so being there, I, I mean, I started, that was when started, uh, this social media, uh, hunting social media started to gain steam. So like, you know, the Mark, uh, Mark Kenyon, uh, wired to hunt stuff or, um, some of the bow hunter die, uh, stuff was coming out. And, and so I'm, I'm living in New Jersey, I'm studying, I'm tired and stressed and, you know, I don't have any money. And, uh, and I, I'm, like, I'm just wishing I was a lot of times wishing I was outside. And so it was funny how having that taken away for a while, when I got back to Michigan, it was just like, you know, full bore. Cannonball. Into it. Yeah. 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 It's funny how that works. Um, I didn't go to law school, but while I was in college, um, I was very, very busy with obviously just the school side of things. And then, um, playing a sport in college, I just, I didn't have any time. Right. So I did a lot of it growing up and even through, uh, like high school, um, you know, with sports and things like that, I was, I was able to kind of do it on weekends when yeah. I kind of felt like getting up more or less, um, certainly did a lot more like in the spring and, and summer months. But yeah, when that's kind of taken away, I don't, taken away isn't necessarily in my opinion or in, in my case, the right word, but when just there's other things that become a bigger priority, you know, just because that's the way life works. Um, yeah, you really gain a, a much stronger appreciation for it when you have that time back to be able to, like you said, kind of cannonball or immerse yourself right back into it. Yeah. And I look back and I don't regret, you know, some of those things. There, there was a time I, I'm, I'm thinking of Jared and I, uh, so, you know, for, for those of you who don't know Jared, like I said, is the other, uh, host of the podcast, but we, we kind of grew up together. Uh, we met in seventh grade, uh, at different schools, uh, played soccer all throughout high school, hung out all basically since. Um, but there was one time where I can re re remember a regret I had. So we were in college uh, and we were getting ready to go hunting. Uh, but the night before there was a party and there were girls there. And, you know, of course, like <laughs> say Jared, no more. <laughs> Jared's like, I'm, I'm going to go hunting. I'm, you know, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm sure. So of course I did not make it out hunting. Right. Cause you know, we had a good night and had, you know, whatever, but he went out. And so I look back on that as like my one regret because it was a beautiful morning, like a fresh snow. It was nice. You know how it gets like real crunchy. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it's really, really cold. And he, he was just he came back in with all these stories. He could hear a deer like a mile away crunching through the, the woods. And I'm like just waking up when he's getting in, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm such a loser. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> so other than that one moment, I don't really regret, you know, what you got to do. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, that's, if that's your only, you know, real regret in terms of like hunting and stuff, that's not too bad though. Cause it's not like he not came bad. home and, you know, had, you know, a real nice buck or something to show for it or anything like that. I mean, just, I know obviously that's, you know, usually the goal, but 
a lot of times just yeah. like the experience, right? Like just a morning like that where there's a ton of activity, you yeah, can hear everything. That's one of my faves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The senses are ultra heightened, right? Like you just, yeah, no, I, I know those kinds of mornings and I know exactly what you're talking about. So I can certainly understand the regret there. Yeah. But I did have a fun night. I'll say that. So, you know, there is that. Yeah, well, there you go. So it's not, <laughs> it's not a total loss all the way around. So <clears throat> or, uh, <clears throat> James, tell me about, about the fair chase. Um, I've been following you guys for, for a while now, and there's been certainly a, a few iterations of, of the brand and everything like that. So kind of walk me through how you and Jared got this started, you know, what uh, the goal is, you know, the podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we started out, uh, we, like, like I said, we, we always, you know, did a lot of sports together, uh, played a lot of sports together, uh, hung out a lot. Uh, but always found ourselves hunting together i didn't really have any other friends that wanted to hunt as much as i did and he didn't have as many friends that wanted to hunt as much as i did so we just kind of we got along uh, real nicely um so started uh you know moving back to michigan he went to the marines i went to law school we ended up coming back around the same time starting families roughly the same time he was a little later although he keeps pumping out kids or his wife does. So <laughs> he, he is ahead of me there, uh, which is slowing down hunting. He's got a kid coming October 28th, which Ooh. is, uh, I'm like, dude, Ooh. you, yeah. Anyways, well, gotta have some yeah. better planning on that. You got to think ahead. And he, he was, yeah, we, anyway, so, um, <laughs> we, we would get, we do these really, uh, we, we always like to, our, our thing has always been, we really enjoy, and it doesn't mean you always are as successful, but, but going to a new place you've never been. Um, usually it's like you hike in, you camp, and, and you just try to learn this area for the first time. <clears throat> so we started doing that a lot, uh, finding some success, just having a really good time, and just things typical people wouldn't do. Um, so my brother, who I said is is Tom, the, the kind of the guy behind the scenes here, the whole time is like, hey, you know, I'm in marketing, uh, I'm looking at the landscape, and like you guys should, you guys should start a social media page. I'm like, no, you know, I don't. I don't, I didn't have, at that point I, I had, that was, I was like five years in of having no social media. I deleted Facebook, you know, way prior. I didn't even really know much about Instagram or, or anything else. And I was like, I just, it's not good for you. Social media. I don't really love it. Right. Um, he's like, no, no. He goes, he's like, at the very least, just, just use it as a place to take pictures. Cause you guys take pictures and stuff. You can at least have like, use it like an album, you know, like you put your pictures there post it and just have them <clears throat> so um i'm like okay all right that's fair you know i can see the value in that um so started doing that and of course he was he started in the background adding hashtags and doing all the things to make the account right, grow right uh and I'm, I'm sure uh since a lot of those posts have been removed uh but we started getting traction and all of a sudden we got all these followers i'm like okay He's like, well, you know, you can start working with companies and, you know, that would, it could maybe fund hunts. Uh, maybe you should kind of lean into it a little bit. You should learn about how social media and marketing works a little bit. And I'm in sales. And so I thought, oh, you know, um, that's somewhat valuable. Uh, during that time, uh, my company uh, that, I, that I was working for at the time uh, was setting up these projects where when you're not at work, they're like, you know, find something that you're passionate about um, that will kind of feed into what you do in your daily job. So I work with a lot of like graphic designers. They do maybe an art show or, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, well, you know, I, could, I guess I could start learning a little bit about how marketing, digital marketing works. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe this would be kind of a win-win. Uh, started learning, growing even more. And then Tom is like, well, 
you know, you have a podcast or a, uh, an Instagram, like you might as well have a podcast. That's the next logical step. And at that point, people were starting to have podcasts. Like there was a handful out. Um, and so I'm like, no, that is the, that's the stupidest idea. Who would want to, <laughs> who'd want to listen to me? I've got nothing to talk about. I'm just some random dude, you know, in, in Grand Rapids, me and Jared can hardly put a sentence together. Uh, <laughs> and so eventually he's like, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to rent out a studio downtown Grand Rapids. Um, we're going to do a test run. <clears throat> You're going to find a, a guest. We're going to record it. I'll edit it. So don't feel any pressure. We'll see how it goes. So I'm like, okay, I got to hold a John Eberhart. Um, so for people who don't know, John Eberhart is like a very well-known, at least kind of an underground well-known um, Michigan hunter. He's got yeah. a ton of record book books in Michigan sent uh, freak in terms of like shaven body hair and you know has a special van that he uses for for keeping scents off his stuff it's an interesting guy uh so we had him on and it was kind of fun so i'm like all right well that's one let's just do a, let's try it a couple more times and we so we for a while we didn't buy any sound equipment we didn't do any of the thing we're like we're just gonna we got we're gonna have a little rental spot downtown Grand Rapids and see what happens um well we kept going and, and suddenly it's been like four years five years i have no idea how long i think it's five years now wow um and yeah we've been doing it ever since so uh actually absolutely lovely absolutely love doing podcasts um uh, just because for one i love you know ever since i was a kid like the thing that i like most about hunting is like this adventure uh and the story so some guys like to you know they're really into shooting huge like trophy animals and i'm all for it you know, I don't have any problem with, with this trophy hunting idea. I think it's actually probably really good for um, animal populations. And there are other guys who are like, I'm a meat hunter. And like, I see value in both. Right. For me, it has always been like, I just love a story. I love like, I will shoot a small buck if it mean if there's an awesome story behind it. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes just shooting a giant buck is the great story, right? Well, yeah. Uh, story tells so, itself. Like, right. And so it's like... Um, so I loved it because I get to have like people I would never get to talk to uh, where I hear their stories or I learn like I just learned something. And so I'm like significantly better at hunting just because I've talked to so many people and I've heard so many different, you know, one guy's all sense. Then we've had guys like uh, I'm trying to think like Donnie Vincent. People know who Donnie Vincent oh, yeah. is totally uh, other way. thinks that's all, you know, and he's given us his spiel on why sense like that industry is just like a racket. And you, so you hear all sides and you get to kind of pick and choose. Well, some guys are really aggressive. Some guys aren't, some guys are just private land, public land. And so it's like, you get to just, you get to hear so many voices and uh, learn a ton, uh, which is for me, like, as we've done the podcast, as we've done social media, it's just been, that's been a blast. Yeah. I mean, you bring up some, some really great points there with, you know, talking to all these individuals, um, you know, for, for all different types of hunting. Right. But the story, I love, I love that. That's like, that's kind of like your why it seems like, yeah. right. Like the story, um, which is, I mean, to me, when I think about the outdoors, when I think about, you know, growing up where I did in Northern Michigan and all those things, right. Like it was, there's just stories and mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, it's not like some, you know, climactic finish or ending to the story, right? It's just like mm -hmm. a bunch of, you know, what's the word, like kind of slapstick type stuff that happens along the way. Or, you know, you have this super cool encounter. I remember two seasons ago, you know, 
I was sitting on this food plot and big food plot. There's kind of this like big island kind of out in the middle of it, probably 65 yards from me. I mean, it's, it was opening weekend and I had a bunch of, you know, does and yearlings, some young bucks and everything come out. And they were all kind of on around this island, some on the opposite side. This bobcat sneaks in on the side closest to me and I'm just watching, right? Like he's waiting for these yearlings to to separate, to get a little distance. And then he's going to make his move. And it was just incredible. I mean, he never, he made his move. He didn't, he wasn't successful, but just watching mother nature work and like that story, like made my day. It was just, Oh yeah. You know, it's yeah. Go ahead. Every time you go out, there's like a, I don't know, there's something weird. You see yeah. something to tell you somebody about like rarely are you out and nothing like, although I will say last year I, I, I cashed in points for a bear hunt in Northern Michigan <laughs> and it was like a noon to eight, you know, hunt. You sit over bait and like, like I said, normally you're out and it's like, man, I saw this crazy, you know, whatever. Or it was so weird. I saw whatever. But that was a whole week of me sitting over bait. I lit, I didn't see a bear. I saw a couple chipmunks and no other wildlife. I was honestly, it was the most boring hunts <laughs> I've ever had. And that's hard to say. I have even hard time saying boring and hunt in the same time, same sentence. But it was so like but again that's like that's the exception most of the time it's like oh it's really foggy but i saw you know the couple of deer coming through and it's really just cool to see how they look coming through the mist or whatever yeah. you know at least oh, there's yeah. something like that and so no i i that resonates with me and that, i guess that is you know it's taken me a while to realize what i guess you could say like why your why or why you like it but even as a kid my dad would go hunting i'd be waiting home for him to call and be like what happened what'd you see you know yeah. i just, i love that no, oh, James, you're 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 making me feel nostalgic here, man. I, like that, the exact same thing happened. So when I was, yeah, probably you know early teen, you know, ten, eleven, twelve years old, somewhere in that range, and my dad would, we had um, some public land that was like six minute drive from our house. So my dad would like um, after work, he worked like the six to like two o'clock shift, right, in you know mm-hmm. morning to afternoon. So he would come home. He'd, uh, you know, grab a bite to eat, change and be like, all right, I'm going hunting. I'll see you guys at dinner. And this is, you know, later in the season. So it's dark by, you know, 530, something like that. And he'd come through the garage door and that was like, it, it was almost like a, a celebration, right? Like you'd come running. Did you see anything? Did you get anything? This and that. And, you know, for the most part, the answer was always, nope, didn't see yeah, anything, yeah. didn't get anything, you know, but then there's always that one time where he comes home and he's like, get your boots on, come out to the truck. Right. And it's yeah. just. Yeah, those are. It's funny that you you prefaced it that way because that that really made me think of that as a kid. So you were kind of talking about the adventures and and kind of your why. And you recently just took a a trip to Alaska. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, like I said, Jared and I are always looking for just a little bit more unique styles of hunting and just the things that you know uh, are cool and, and and different. And so. One I had heard about from from a buddy was this uh, Dalton Highway uh, hunt. So this, the Dalton Highway is the um, ice road trucker road, uh, for I guess is, is the easiest way to put it. <laughs> it goes from, I guess you, you go Fairbanks to this Elliott Highway that hits at the Dalton Highway, and then the Dalton Highway goes all the way up to uh, Prudhoe Bay, which is um, the like the uh, the Arctic Ocean. So basically, yeah. you are the the very top of, of Alaska. So. What I did was um, flew into Anchorage with my wife and my 10-year-old daughter, um, hit the Kenai Peninsula, so we went south for a while, uh, did like the 
the seven and a half uh, hour boat uh, tour uh, through the fjords, looking at whales. And we saw this, actually one of the cooler things we saw was this, uh, so you see a, a few otters, right? And they're, they're sea otters, and right. which are huge. They're like, they're huge, way bigger <laughs> than the otters that we have. And so I'm like, you know, I'm seeing a few and we see one that had caught a squid. Oh, wow. Or octopus, octopus. And it's eating this octopus like next to the boat. And the guy's like freaking out. Like they had never seen it. It was cool to see. So we did that. We saw the Harding ice fields and we saw this stuff. Uh, while we were down there, we, we hiked to the, the most beautiful spot I've ever been in my life. And we, we do my family, uh, my, my daughter, my wife and I camp. We usually do about a month in a tent a year, whether it's, you know, Yellowstone or Pacific Northwest or whatever. We're, we're outside a lot. Um, but we did this Harding ice field hike after kind of boating around it. Uh, and it was like, I think it was eight, eight miles, nine miles. So my, my daughter's 10. It was a, it was a big that's a hike. Yeah. That's to do it. right. Which is always funny. Cause we always talk about like on hikes like that, any issues your family is dealing with that are unresolved will come out, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, all of a sudden we're like a mile in, it's like, things unravel you know <laughs> and it's like i'm you know she wants to go back this is taking too long and finally i'm like you know and we, we were wondering if we were going to do the whole hike or not but after things broke down i'm like no we're going to the top like we are doing this no matter what yeah. so we did it and it of course everything gets resolved and your family's much closer but it was great uh, and by the end of it i mean you see literally there are peaks of mountains that are still so covered with snow. You just see little tips of the mountains poking through all this snow. And then it goes down to a glacier that goes down to the sea. Amazing. Uh, so anyways, we're, we go down there, we do hiking and, and all that and start driving up. Uh, and, uh, we drive up, uh, and spend the night in a Cabela's parking lot, uh, which is apparently they let you camp there at night. Uh, we rented this F three fifty, and we're all sleeping in the truck. My brother lands in Anchorage, gets an air, uh, um, Uber, and literally the Uber driver at 2 in the morning drops him off just in a Cabela's parking lot. <laughs> he hops in the back, and we sleep that night. So then we, we take that truck, and, and we go north. Um, so we spent a week um, hunting caribou. Uh, basically, they're kind of doing their migration, and so they'll be going back and forth across this salt highway. Um, so I brought my bow. The idea is <clears throat> five miles on either side of the road bow hunting only beyond that gun okay uh and i i looking back i foolishly didn't take a rifle um i'm like you know i'm with my wife and my daughter the tundra is like a bear to walk in it is it's rough i mean you go a mile and you're you you like it it wears you out it's just super squishy and uneven and there's just nothing but it's it's it, it looks easy to walk but it is it's challenging it, it actually reminds me of some of the swamps i've walked walk through here in Michigan. Uh, just that uneven like dry, terrain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you're just, it wears you out. So didn't bring a rifle. Uh, we ended up seeing thousands of caribou probably. Wow. Uh, they, they would do this. So it's basically, like I said, you drive the road, you look for caribou, you, you make a stock. So first day, first morning, we, you go through over Attican pass and then you kind of go down and you are, you start hunting in your, your unit. My wife, who, like I said, we, we camp hike and, and do that stuff, my wife and my daughter. So they have developed like sharp game eyes. They are excellent at spotting game. That's always nice. It's super nice. You know, it's 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 something that's I'm pr pretty proud of. But uh, so my wife's like, look at, there's some caribou. 
<clears throat> so my brother and I jump out of the truck like 20 minutes into being there and we're, you know, we spent a couple hours, uh, you know, got within probably 20 yards of a cow. Um, at that point I'm, I'm shooting any legal bull. Um, but the problem is cows have antlers too. So you're looking for that sheath on between the legs. Right. Uh, and that for a small bull is hard to find sometimes. So actually I think I passed a few small bulls really close that I just wasn't positive about. I'm like, I think I see balls, but I don't see a sheath. <laughs> Maybe it's an udder. Do they have udders? I don't know how this works. Um, yeah, you're doing an anatomy, uh, yeah, lesson. It's, it's like I'm looking at my binoculars just had a crotch for a long time. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we, we got into a, a bunch of them. Um, and they do this funny thing where they, they'd cross the road, but you know, you'd see them kind of starting to pour over a little ridge and they'd be ready to cross the road. And of course, like trucks, there's a, a more people on this road than I thought there would be That's um, I I think more than usual. Yeah. And so people would see, and of course they just all park their trucks, get out and just get ready. And it's kind of weird, <clears throat> uh, but it, I mean, whatever. So the caribou would see this, they'd bunch up and they would probably a couple hundred yards out, start running and they would just run across the road if they saw trucks. And then they would only stop until they were a couple hundred yards off the road. Well, you can't, you know, at one point I like early on, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to mix it up. I'm getting in there. So you get ready and you just, they look like they're trotting and you're like, okay, maybe I can stop one. They are hauling you know, when they're kind of loping, you know? Yeah. Um, and so did that for a while, um, had a couple times where we figured out the best thing to do was when you saw them come and get the truck way out of there. So it looks like nothing's on the road. They'll kind of go slow and then you can kind of stalk in on them. Uh, I had, I think we counted five or six different stocks where I would be right. I mean, ready to go like a couple more steps, you know, and I got it, um, under 50 yards, uh, and then some truck would quick see it over the hill. They'd jump out and scare the caribou. Blow away. the whole so thing like, up. Well, I, I, I'll admit there was one time where I like lost, lost my cool. I'm like yelling at, I'm waving my arms. I'm like, I, cause at that point you're like crawling through the tundra, which is like a swamp. You're all wet. You know, you're like, you spent all this time trying to be real careful and, you know, and some dude stops and just last minute, even though you're waving them, like keep going, trying to keep your, yeah your arm low and whatever else so had that happen uh which was whatever that's that's what public land that's kind of stuff happens yep um eventually did get uh spent a while and uh stalked into a fairly small bull got to 80 yards and you know knowing that um these were going to be farther shots and these animals are softer i guess you could say like they don't take an arrow well the okay. caribou don't um their hides thinner and, and they just they don't um and they're bigger so get into 80 yards on like i said I'll, I'll summer i've been practicing for this i'm like you know anything definitely over 80 yards i'm feeling pretty good probably out to 100 yards i'm feeling semi-confident if the conditions are right so 80 yards i'm like sweet you know i kneel down pull back and i break my shot just felt good you know you got the perfect oh yeah break everything is you're not punching and i look and and i shoot with both eyes open which i haven't always done um, but for, I spent a while doing, um, kind of shooting just a recurve. And so I kind of got used to it. And the benefit of that is you can watch your arrow flight super well. Yeah. You're not, you you're not your dropping your arm yeah. or anything to check, check the flight. Yep. Exactly. You can see it. And I, I, I shoot and I'm, I see my arrow sideways. I'm like, Oh no, you know, <laughs> in the air it's sideways. Oh no, it's right. It's almost totally perfect. Perpendicular, perpendicular. Oh, I'm like, Oh no. Okay. Well, 
this caribou, they're very curious animals. Like m- many times just to back up, like I would see a caribou, usually like a cow or a small boy or something. And I would just, he would see me and I would just sit down and it'd be like, you know, like looking bob. at me yeah. and then it would come right up to me. Like it would just walk towards you to figure out what you are. So sure enough, I shoot and this caribou is like, it, it can't figure out what happened. The arrow just was not even close, right? Not even close to it. Comes closer to 60 yards. <clears throat> and I'm like, man, maybe, maybe the broadhead like deployed in the air. I don't know what happened. And I'm a little fl- flustered at this point. Sure. Right? Your, your adrenaline's going and that happens. And then he comes 20 yards closer. I range it 60 yards. I go, okay, this is like a slam dunk. Sweet. Shoot. Same thing happens again. I'm like, okay. You know, well, again, the caribou comes even cl- closer to 40 <laughs> yards. And he's just like, kind of like, what the heck is going on? What is this crazy, you know, what, what, what is this? <clears throat> Finally, I'm like, okay, I mean, 40 yards. Even in my arrow sideways, there's got to be a chance I make, I, I connect. Like, yeah. again, and you're getting more and more flustered as this happens. You're getting, like, amped up and comes close. Miss again. Missed four times. Wow. Four times on the one. Never had that. That's That has never happened to me before. Um, and, to, like, needless to say, I was shook afterwards, right? Like, I, I like, it was, it was actually the funny thing. It was on my birthday. I'm out there. I'm like, um, yeah. I as I'm stalking in, I'm like, this is gonna be a birthday ball. Like, what a story to tell everybody. Yeah. You know, and you know, uh, I, so at some point, my my bow had gotten knocked up too. And I I had posted a picture of it right. Got home and I, even after I had adjusted it to get flight a little bit better I, uh, when I was out there, my 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 tear on my arrow for through I shot it through paper for yeah. for people who don't listen. You shoot it through paper to see how how the tune of your arrow is. Uh, and it was like, it was literally like a, fo- a yard away, like almost like this, you know, oh, wow. so it was jacked up. And even like, uh, it which, was even that, that bad, like right off the bow. Right off the bow. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And so I am, you know, you're frustrated and you're, but at the same time, I'm like, how can you be that frustrated? Like, look where we are. You right. know, we're, we literally went the next day and went into the Arctic ocean, like got in the Arctic ocean, you know, you're seeing muskox and we saw grizzlies and we saw we saw everything you know um so it's like man you know i i really what i should have done what i should have done was and my wife was saying this the other day i should have brought a rifle wouldn't have been that extra that difficult i've flown with with rifles before and it it was no issue um and should have just been like one day gone five miles in (laughs) shot a caribou and then spent the rest of the the week fishing for for grayling and, and char and stuff oh yeah um because what I found is after you get off the road, even a mile, they're just way less wary. And the t- I just randomly hit the time where they were they were in that area. Like the next two weeks, they just they saw like not even half as many caribou as I saw. I had some some buddies that went out. Um, so should have gone out and done that. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy hunt, and it's like you have to be physically ready. You have to have the right gear. I told the story on our podcast, but we're, we're out there. My brother and I were about a, maybe a mile out. We're just sitting down, like taking a minute, taking a beat. So we turn around, we see these guys coming up and it's like one guy and he's trailed like 200 yards by another guy, right? The guy in the front, he's got some, like, he's got good gear on. He's got a sidearm. He doesn't have a weapon. He starts uh, like a, like a rifle or anything. Start talking to him. He's like me and my uncle behind me who's still walking are going five miles in with the rifle. We're going to shoot a caribou. Come out. I'm, I'm in the army. Great. 
um, I'm looking at the the guy behind him, his uncle, and he's wearing Carhartt bibs, Oof. you know, and he's got his muck boots on <clears throat> and a big cotton sweatshirt. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, maybe he's just like the, the Alaskans are crazy, like in a good way, <laughs> but like they're just hardcore, like they know it. I'm like, he's probably just like an Alaskan, um, whatever. But I'm in my head, I'm like that. That's a bold. That's a bold move. Um, so whatever we see and we, we, I'm like, we're, we'll go this way. We don't want to me- mess with your stuff. We kind of head off later that day. Um, I'm, it's probably 10 o'clock at night. It's obviously still bright out cause it never gets dark there. At yeah. that time. And I see a truck pull up. He's like, Hey, have you seen? And he described to the guys we saw like, yeah, back there. They said they were spending, they said they're going five miles in. I think they're spending the night. He had a sleeping bag, you know, with him. He was like, it was weird. Um, the guy's like, well, I thought he was going to come back. That's my son and my brother out there. You know, I'm a little worried about it. Like, I don't know. I think I, it, like, it seemed like they got, they got to figure it out. Um, so we go back to our truck and actually that we slept in our truck a lot of the time. We didn't even get tents out cause we all, somehow all figured out a way to fit in there. Um, and everything was wet. So it was kind of a pain to take down and put up every night. But yeah. anyways, he parks by us. And he just sits awake all night waiting. So, like, I'm feeling bad. I wake up in the morning, uh, and actually, that was the day of my birthday. I get up. I'm, like, glassing for caribou. It's cold. It's kind of wet out. It's always wet out. Um, I'm like, oh, that guy's still there. Sheesh, I, you know, I'm feeling bad. Well, a few minutes go by, and I hear, boop, 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 boop. And over the horizon where those guys were, a medvac helicopter is coming back. I'm like, oh, no. So he, like, I wonder if he's going to land by us. Sure enough, he lands right in front of our truck. So I run out. I have no idea who's in there. Right. I'm like, I, these guys, they're starting to try to unload stuff. Someone's got to help them. So I'm, I'm carrying all some random guy's crap out of, out of this helicopter. And sure enough, that, they, that guy with the bad gear, um, who is, I, I shouldn't, like, I should say he was not in the shape physically that you yeah. should be for, for doing that either. He had his hip something happened or his hip was bothering him and he could not make it out. He had to call, he had to push the button. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm like, Holy cow. So, you know, that kind of thing ha- happens and you're like, ah, it's, I mean, it's kind of serious out there. Um, actually two weeks after a guy went out, he hasn't come back still right by where we were. They haven't really? found traces, a trace of him. Like, I'm not sure if he fell in one of these, like they have puddles that go like 10, 20 feet deep and they look like just a regular puddle, but they're, I forgot if they have a name. Or he was right by a place called Happy Valley where there was like, when we were there, 17 grizzlies in it. Mm. So it's like, who knows what happened to this guy who literally went to grab some of the, his meat and never came back. Um, so it's it's like a it's a place you have to take. It's gnarly, yeah. He's packing, you know, I got my 10 mil uh, looking. You you look alive the whole time. Like you're right, you're, you're tuned in. But so anyways, it was an amazing trip. We we saw everything. Saw all the animals you could want to see. Saw all the muskox, a baby muskox is the funniest looking animal, like the cutest <laughs> animal you've ever seen in your life. Um, so it, it's, you know, I went in and my buddy told me like, your daughter's going to love it. She's 10. There's not kids that are going to have that experience. And he's like, it'll change your, the way that you look at the world. Like it, it'll give you a new perspective on things. And it, it certainly did. It was, it was a fantastic trip. Yeah, no, that's James. That's awesome. I mean, those are, those are the kind of stories I like to hear about, you know, despite, <clears throat> you know, obviously the, the malfunction with the bow and, and everything like that. Like it's still a great story. And then everything else and the sights. I mean, those are things that, you know, when you're 
you know, daughter's older and getting married or you're at a rehearsal dinner or something, you're gonna be like, Hey, you remember that time we went to Alaska and we did all this cool stuff? Like, I mean, those memories like that, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that stuff, right? Yeah, it was exactly. Uh, and like, you, you don't, I mean, there's just no reason to feel bad about your bow getting messed up. It's like, you always hear about it. Yeah. I always had heard like, Oh, and I, I knew it would happen to me at some point. This was the time. So it's like, you could focus on that or just be like, maybe pick your head up and look around where you're at yeah. and just appreciate that. And, and everything's better that way. So. Yeah, definitely. So we're, uh, we're mid September here, man. We're getting into, well, we just actually had the, uh, youth hunt this past weekend. Archery season opens up in, I think it's like 17 days, something like that. So what do you have kind of on the docket in store for, for whitetail season here in Michigan? Yeah. So, um, I've got some good spots actually. I, I, I focused this year on a new area based on what I saw last year. Um, and I know there are a lot of Michigan people that listen to it. Uh, so I'm not going to give anything away uh, for the rec- I'll just say it's, um, Wisconsin. We'll just pretend like this is a spot in Wisconsin. Just Fair enough. So- uh, but I, I drive to Wisconsin every day to check out, you know, my spots. Uh, and I have, uh, I've seen a lot of bucks on there more than I've ever seen. Uh, we're, we're in a, an AP, what were, was an APR zone. Um, and three counties where, where I spent a lot of my time. Uh, I got a cabin up in Macosta, there's Montcalm and then there's Ionia and they're kind of what the DNR did was, was they were using those three counties that are North South uh, of each other to, to try a four pointer better. Uh, rule and you know say what you want about any of that we have seen an incredible increase in uh, shooter shooter bucks like incredible night and day difference especially this year Um, now they took that away this year which i i don't love um selfishly i i mean yeah we can get into that at some point but uh so yeah i've got got a a lot of good spots that i'm or at least that i'm excited about who knows they you know at this time of year you see them all they all break up once they go hard hard right you know um the only problem is opening days on saturday which i hate it's gonna be a lot of people in the woods a lot because like when it's on like a tuesday it's like there's some people and it doesn't really blow up a spot as hard Right. As when everybody hits the wood at the same time and deer are just like, you know, and they just kind of, it just messes everything up. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be in Kentucky for opening day, uh, hunting down there. But when I come back, I'm hoping everything calms down. And, you know, I've got, got some cameras and spots where I think deer will move, um, wind pressure hits that are just kind of places that you wouldn't necessarily think to hunt. Um, sometimes that's closer to the road actually uh, are closer to where people are i i found that um bucks will actually hang out near sometimes parking lots um and just monitor where people go and and watch them and and keep an eye on them a lot more than i I ever thought and i've got spots that are far enough pain in the butt to get to you know you got to have a boat or you got to walk through you know a half mile of swamp to get there Um, so i try to mix it up just try to find where i've seen seen deer before but you know, my, my thing has always been like, if you look at a map, you think of hunters as like ink blots. So that you, like you drop an ink block and it kind of spreads. Yep. That's where, you know, that you, you, you put a map of that together and you find those areas where the ink isn't touching. And, and that seems to be where I end up finding, um, finding deer. And that's been, that's kind of my strategy for that. No, I like that approach because yeah, if there's, if there's one thing that, um, I guess 
podcasts and, and things like that have taught us. It's that, you know, if you're willing to, to go a little bit further, if you're willing to work just a little bit harder uh, in terms of trying to get to that, that spot that you think is going to hold some deer, you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're that much more likely to, to be successful because yeah, a lot of people, they don't want to put in that work, right? They want to, you know, find that, that nice cushy spot, you know, a hundred yards from the truck on public that looks good. Right. And maybe in September it is good, but come October, it's, it's not going to do anything well, I think for podcasts you. Podcasts are ruining it. Podcasts are ruining it all because I go way out. I, and I found this was it last year, or two years ago where I'm like all my spots that were far and hard to get to suddenly all these dudes were there and it's like, stop <laughs> listening to like, you know, grind it out. All these, like the Jocko mentality, I gotta yeah. get up early and go, no, just, you know, be lazy. Cause it's ruining uh, my strategy, which is why I had to start adjusting and start like, all right, if you're going far out, but I guess I'm going further? really close. So oh. close. Like you would not, yeah. Or further if you can, but most of the time it's like some dudes out there too, you know? Uh, and it's, that's a weird, it's weird to say, but like right up, right off parking lots, like you can see the parking lot. You see the bet. I, me, Jared and I have found some of the best buck sign right there. Really? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, see my best, some of my best encounters have been places that I w- would have been like, there's no way that a deer or like a buck. Yeah. Last year I missed a, missed a, one of the best deer I've seen with my recurve at 12 yards, uh, right in a place that like I would never have hunted, you know, prior to that year, just cause it was close. So how do, I mean, how do you even scout spots like that? Is it just kind of taking that mindset like you talked about of of thinking about places where guys are just overlooking because they are close to populated areas or, you know, a parking lot or a busy highway or something like that and saying, well, let's just check it out, right? Like, and then just kind of building off that? A um, couple things. Like, in-season scouting, like, huge. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll scout and, like, I just like to be in the woods, so it's, like, an excuse to scout or whatever. Um, but like where is their sign right now like even if it's like there's huge tracks i know that those are buck tracks and it's you know 50 yards from a parking lot whatever okay well let's spend a day and see what's out there um the other thing i do quite a bit is during the winter i just hike i'll get up before work and i or and or sometimes after work but mostly before in the morning and i just go and walk all news all over the place and I look for October signs and, and just see what I can find um, in the winter. And, you know, using both of those kind of data sets, you're just like, all right, come October, I will, uh, I'll throw a camera here and we'll see what we find. And so this year I've done that. I've been trying to post some of the pictures we've been seeing, but I've seen, well, I put a camera out. It was out for like 12 hours and I started to get, I got eight different like shooter, shooter bucks. Uh, oh, wow. One was, 140s 150s or you know public land um good deer and for me like a deer that big is is about as as big as i've seen where we are so yeah it works it's just like i mean everybody does it a different way um and maybe my way is not the best way it's just what has has been working for me yeah well that's the beauty of it too right it's you know there's no um one size fits all for for yeah. scouting or for your, your approach to, to this season. I mean, you got to do what works for you and for your area and you know, you just make the most of it. Yeah. 
so you mentioned going to Kentucky. Any other out-of-state hunts like for for whitetail? I know you guys. <clears throat> I think I've seen you guys. Yeah, take some trips to the actual Wisconsin. Um, yeah, we have done that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see. You know, I did. I've so far this year it's been Montana, Alaska, Kentucky. You know, I at some point my wife's gonna like you. You know, you're, you're a mangy transient father. Stay home. You know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But. Uh, no, actually, she's actually pretty great about it. Uh, we'll see this. Those trips are like those are the planned ones, but there's always like, oh, hey, Jared, let's go uh, down to Ohio this weekend and uh, see what we can find. I've been dying to go back to um, uh, North Manitou Island. Okay. Uh, in Lake Michigan, uh, we did that last year and just had a blast. Um, problem is, so you can do you know what you know what this hunt is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's just so many people that have been doing it lately. Uh, and so, and it's like, you got to get a boat and chart. Captain Jimmy takes you across. It's not cheap if you do it outside of that, that week open season that they have for any weapon. Um, but it was really fun. I was thinking about that this morning. So I, I don't know. You never know. Oh, wherever the wind blows, uh, we'll probably be doing a lot of Northern Michigan stuff. Um, we like to camp and we got some spots to hunt out there and I'll be doing a ton of, ton of hunting. Um, and Yeah. I got I almost was just said the spot that I was going to go. A <laughs> uh, ton of hunting in of certain spots in Michigan this year. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I know it's, you know, I'm looking out the window of my office right now and it doesn't, I know we're, it's like this every year, right? Like for whatever reason, it seems to hit like the last couple of days of September and then things really start to change. Like you start to get those real cool, you know, real cool nights for whatever reason, the afternoon, like maybe it's only getting to like 60, you know, instead of, you know, 75 or 80 and like your whole mindset just kind of changes. And I'm looking out right now. I'm like, I just don't see it coming. I just don't see it coming. And I know before too long, it's going to be here and it's going to be all I think about even more. It was 65 degrees as a high yesterday. I mean, that is fall. Like yesterday I'm looking out and well, it, this morning I woke up, went for a run. It was 51. Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, I see a little, you know, I'm, I live on a river and I'm seeing the tops of these trees just turning red like holy cow like i'm feeling it i've got uh let's see two days till small game opens and i'm you know i got my rabbit spots already picked out uh and so i'm i'm diving in uh my only thing is i've been meaning to do i like i said i live in a river and i've been wanting to go do some actually fishing for pike and smallies okay. uh, and i've been just neglecting that i feel like you know uh it should be out there more but uh yeah i know what you mean it's like it, you, you know it's coming in September, and it's just like sometimes the middle part of September drags on a little bit. It's just like <clears> the middle like of October. It'll heat up again. Yeah, it'll heat up. You know, it's. I'm looking at the weather. It's like 85s and stuff this week. It's like, huh. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. In a month, we won't even be thinking about this. We'll be like, oh, man, what? You know, now we're, we're mid-October, like couple more weeks things will start to that pre-rut like we'll really start to get going here so yeah it's just a waiting game sometimes the pre the middle of october this year will be <clears throat> i'll do a lot of hunting but I, I i have the same issue where it's like it's hard to find them and so i'm just gonna start doing some like like slow moving still hunting scouting okay. and just like i said i've got a new area that i've been looking at i want to learn it and i figure i've Figure it out at least like if you move slow and get the wind right, you can you can kind of scout in real time, and, and so that's that's my plan to kind of get through that, that time of the year this year. I like that approach because yeah, to hone your skills for one, 
you know, gain some new yeah. intel uh, is huge. And then, you know, you're you're outside anyway. So you got a bow in your hand. I mean. You never know. Anything can happen. That's Anything, exactly anytime. it. Anytime. That's exactly. I just had a guest yeah. on another podcast who is actually, he's uh, he's in Wisconsin. And his first actual like solo hunt, gosh, what was he? I mean, the kid's only 21 right now. He's still in college. So he was, you know, probably late teens, 16, 17, something like that. His first actual hunt where he went out by himself, he was on a family farm and just was like walking around, just like plopped down on this tree, like just randomly chose this tree and yeah. smokes a 10 point. His first, really? so, yeah, his first solo hunt by himself. I'm like, I told him, I was like, man, people are going to be pissed at you. If you start telling these stories, like, oh yeah, no, it's first time I went out, like, you know, dropped a 10 pointer in Wisconsin here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Um, but yeah, you, you, you never know. Year. I did that last year. We were talking about North Manitou. Jared and I go out, and I, it's a new spot. And I was doing what I often will do is like just slowly move through the woods in the morning, you know, because it's like sometimes you, you like for a new spot you've never been to, if you try to go out in the morning and you just can mess everything up. So I let, like, I'll move in, I'll let the light kind of come in and just try to like really slowly and carefully move. And so I'm doing that all morning, I'm seeing sign, kind of making a plan. And I'm like, man, I have to poop. Like, <laughs> I, I have to, it's the morning. I, I'm, I have a schedule and it's time. Creature, like, of, ha okay. creature of habit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm like looking for a spot. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take a minute and sit and I'm going to think about what I'm going to do because I don't want to right now. I want to hunt. But, and so I sit down and, uh, like, sure enough, ended up shooting a buck that had come, you know, over the ridge. Right. Right. Good thing I held. held yeah. Uh, Good clinch. So, yeah. That does happen sometimes. <laughs> No, that's great. Another great story, James. Another great story. All right, man, before I let you get out of here, uh, if people, uh, which you should be, but if they if they haven't or they're, they're not already, where can people find Fair Chase, listen to your podcast, all that great stuff? Yeah, so Instagram, uh, The Fair Chase. Uh, we do TikTok. If you want to see Jared in a bikini dancing to, you know, the latest music, go to TikTok. That's what you'll I'm see. on it. I'm on it. Um, we end uh, our podcast just, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, The Fair Chase, um, we have episodes there. We have a good time. Awesome. Well, James, thanks a ton, man. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to kind of break up the workday here. And I enjoyed <laughs> hearing some of these great stories and uh, look forward to catching up again after the season and uh, hearing about all the crazy adventures you and Jared get yourself into. Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, I'm, I'm expecting uh, some messages like Big Buck Down, BBD. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm expecting that coming from you this year. You have some big bucks out on the east side of the state. so We do. And, you know, I actually do a lot of my hunting. Um, I'm super fortunate, right? I uh, My in-laws have uh, some property in like mid-Michigan, uh, some private mm -hmm. land. So that's where I'm doing a lot of, uh, a lot of my hunting. Um, they acquired it about, I think this will be our fourth or fifth season on it. And we've done a ton of work to it, my brother-in-law and I. And last year was not a great year for us. Like we... We had a lot of deer, good deer on the property, and they were showing up during daylight, just never in front of us. Like when we went back yeah. and looked at the, like really started analyzing all the cards, like after the season, I think, you know, from October till like Thanksgiving, there was only maybe like two or three days where there wasn't a daylight picture of, you know, mm -hmm. one of the bucks that we were kind of targeting. And it was just, we were always on the wrong stand, the wrong time, like just, you know, that, you know how that story goes. So, yep. Hopefully uh, get a little redemption this year.
Yeah. No, I hope you do. Yeah. Keep me posted. And I like, at some point I want to be like, man, this, I want to hear a message like this buck is so big. I need you to drive out and drag it in. <laughs> Head North boys. I got a chore for you. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. All right, James, we'll take care of yourself, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you again to James for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, Stay tuned for the coming weeks, guys. We've got uh, some great episodes coming as we get into archery season here in Michigan. Uh, Some that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Maybe do some some weekend hunting recaps uh, of my own so you guys can hear about all the ups and downs uh, throughout my season, which, uh, you know, hopefully we get some other people on. Kind of have a little back and forth with, uh, with everything as well. So, Until next week, Michigan, stay wild.